Hi everyone, how are you? Um, welcome, welcome back to the Hey Mom, Why Did No One Tell Me podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. Um, yeah, if you're new here, hello, my name is Rebecca. I am the host of this podcast and I'm so excited you're joining me today. And if you're returning, thank you so much for coming back for another episode. So guys, um, today is kind of a little bit of a different day for me. Normally I record these in the afternoon, um, but today I'm recording them, um, like kind of early in the morning. Um, I'm not exactly sure why I'm recording them like in the morning right now, but this is what we're doing. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm a lot more awake than I thought I would be. Um, but this past week has been pretty, not like intense, but I just feel like a lot of stuff has happened this past week as far as, you know, um, my personal art life, uh, career, I guess you could call it. I don't know why I called it art life. Um, but as far as my career is concerned, um, and I was thinking, you know, I am so proud and so, you know, grateful and feel so lucky that I get to call myself an actor that I get to pursue something that makes me happy. I, you know, I write and um, I've got like a morning journal that I, um, every morning I do a writing prompt and then I'll also list three things that I'm really grateful for. And I've realized that I'm just, I'm so grateful for the fact that I am able to pursue what I love to do. I know a lot of people aren't able to do that. And you know, when I'm sitting there in the morning, like writing this, uh, writing the three things I'm grateful for, I'm just like, wow, like all of my most, you know, basic needs have been met and I have, you know, the privilege to go pursue art, right? Because on some level, like pursuing art as a career is kind of a privilege, you know, you have to be able to be financially stable. You have to be able to be in a good, um, location for it, I feel um, that could be a big one. So, and also just having like a supportive, like, you know, system. My um, my parents are super supportive, my friends, um, my boyfriend. So I just, I feel very lucky that, you know, I can pursue this and even during, you know, times where it's hard and, you know, shutdowns happen, um, I'm still pursuing it and I'm still having that encouragement. And that was something I was thinking about um, and just you know, how lucky I am. And then I thought, you know, well, it wasn't always that way. Um, I always had support. So from that aspect, you know, nothing really changed. Um, but I was just, you know, now, um, that I'm, you know, a few years into it, into the professional world, I can proudly take ownership of my career, right? I proudly will say, yes, this is what I do. Um, this is, you know, what my goals are, this is how I'm pursuing it, and just be very proud to call myself an actor and very proud to call myself an artist. And I think I mentioned this um, a couple times um, beforehand um, on this podcast, but it wasn't always that case. Like when I first graduated from college, you know, I still knew that I wanted to be an actor, but it took me probably about, I don't know, eight months after graduation, maybe a year after graduation. Well, actually a little bit more than a year because I know that I started um, proudly calling myself an actor um, around like the summer of 2019. I graduated May of 2018. So it took a full year for me to proudly say, hey, yes, I am an actor. Um, 
And I was, you know, very just hesitant to tell people that. Um, I would always be like, oh, well, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I work as a waitress, but I also do this. Oh, I work in, you know, education, but I, I also act on the side or I also do theater. Um, and I think part of that came from, you know, my quote unquote day job and day position was, um, you know, that's what I would do. I would go to work during the day. I would audition for things like during the day or at night. And just, um, most of the theater that I was, um, doing was happening at night. So it almost felt like, you know, my, what I did during the day, that was my job. And then what I did at night, that was like the extra stuff. Um, because that's normally how it works, right? Um, people go to their day jobs, um, and then their hobbies are in the evening. Um, and that's sort of how it was for me. So I was really hesitant in the beginning to say, you know, this is my, this is my career. And then once I had really, um, you know, taken hold and like said, yes, this is like who I am. This is what I do. That's when everything really switched. And I know it's so difficult sometimes to just, you know, take ownership of your career to proudly state, especially in the beginning. Yes, I'm an actor. That's what I'm pursuing. And, um, I found that in the beginning, you know, I was really scared to do that. And I was like, why am I so scared to, you know, call myself an actor? I went to school for theater for four years. I've been doing this, you know, for, you know, over 10 years at this point doing theater. Like I professional, like I was like, why am I, why does it take so much for me to call myself an actor? Because I was getting professional, um, professional projects at that time. I was getting paid to act. So I was like, why is it so difficult for me to, for me to call myself this? And it really took a lot of, you know, thinking and like digging deep down within me. And I sort of boiled it down to a few things. Um, the first thing was that I am a, um, perfectionist, I guess, overachiever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I really just, you know, not that I was ever ashamed of calling myself, you know, an actor, like that was never it. I've always been so proud to say that I create art. Um, but I think what it was is that, you know, because I was such an overachiever and because I wanted to do all of these things and show, you know, all of these people, like the art I was creating, I felt like I didn't in the beginning have really any art to show them. And that was, you know, because I just graduated from school, I was just getting my feet wet in the industry. So of course I wouldn't have any like, you know, projects really professionally to show them. Like I just graduated from school. And I felt like until I could show them or like, you know, tell other people or have something like super tangible um, to show like, you know, just people that I met and even my friends, I felt like I couldn't say that I was an actor. And I mean, like, how, how weird is that? Like, that's such a weird concept. It's like when you, like when people are in like, you know, law school or med school, they don't say, oh yeah, I'm a student and I'm like working on, you know, studying to be like, um, like studying to like work at a doctor's office. No, they're like, no, I'm, I'm pre-med like, or not pre-med, like, no, I'm in med school or no, I'm in law school. Like I'm a law student. I'm going to be a lawyer. And I'm over here being like, oh, well, like I, I'm, I work at a restaurant and I act on the side. Like, no, like I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. So 
why why was I being like why was I being so hesitant to just say that like you know loud and proud I wasn't really sure and so that um got me thinking even more that I was just like so like it was like a personal thing right like it was so um it had nothing to do with like other people it had to do with me it had to do with me being scared of you know what other people might think of me or what other people you know other people's opinions um it's kind of it's really weird like i kind of like i value the opinions of you know my friends family people i care about but for some reason like if i'm do like let me give you a really weird example of like this idea i have um so if i'm driving my car and i am i don't know like if i'm driving my car and i'm at like a red light and like there's a sign that says no turn on red and i'm like sitting at that red light and there's a car behind me i get really nervous that that person behind me for some reason is gonna like be mad at me for not turning right on red even though there's a sign that says i can't and i like legally cannot take a right turn but for some reason i just i'm sitting there and i'm like this guy is like gonna be so mad at me or this person is gonna be so mad at me because um, or they're getting like annoyed with me because I'm not taking this right on red. What if they don't see the sign that says I can't take a right on red? And yeah, that's just sort of like where my brain goes. Um, so like while I don't really like I value the opinions of, you know, my friends, family, loved ones, I don't really value the opinions of others. But at the same time, as I just explained with like the red light situation, I do. So I don't know. It's very weird. But I was just always like you know, a little hesitant to tell people that I was an actor because I was always so scared of that question. Oh, well, like, what stuff have you worked on? Or like, what have you done? And at the time, I like didn't really have anything that I had done. Like, not really, like I had worked on some extra stuff, which is like a cool story to tell. But, um, you know, it was like nothing that, nothing had come up yet or I hadn't done anything that I was like, you know, super, like, yeah, like, come see this or like, yeah, go watch this on like on YouTube or whatever. Like, I didn't have anything like that. And um, I love telling like stories if people wanted to know about what it was like working as like an extra on like TV shows and films. Um, that's a really fascinating um, experience. If, you know, you're interested in doing that in your own personal life, like you don't even have to be an actor. Like, it's it's fascinating. I recommend you do it. Um, so, yeah, I can actually like go into that later, but I don't want to go off on a tangent here. Um, so back to, you know, me just being a little nervous to tell people because I was scared they were going to ask me, well, can I see something? And I wouldn't have anything. And me at the time was like, oh, well, I don't want to like be that person who doesn't have anything, right? Back to being an overachiever, like, and a perfectionist. Like, I must have something that is like perfect to show these people. And I didn't have anything at the time. Like, I have stuff now, and I'm so grateful for it. And I think that did help with me, you know, taking ownership of my career and what I wanted to do. Um, and what I learned from that and what I want you guys to take away from that is, you know, if you sort of are in that same, not mindset, but, like, idea that if, you know, you're just starting out, like, say you're, you're a photographer and you want to, you know, you want to tell people, oh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a wedding photographer, but you haven't done any weddings yet, you know, that's, that's fine. Like call yourself a wedding photographer, proudly take ownership of that career. 
you know, now that I'm talking about this, I'm just realizing that, um, you know, say that, you know, in the wedding photographer example, um, maybe you decided that you wanted to be a wedding photographer and maybe you're just starting out. And if, you know, someone says to you, oh, so what do you like, what do you do? And you say, oh, I work at um, like this, this job. And then I also, you know, do photography on the side. That's like a pretty cool thing, right? But what if you said instead, um, oh, I work this job, but I'm also a wedding photographer and I'm trying to get my business off the ground. And, you know, yes, that might be scary saying that you're like just starting out because, you know, no one, like everyone wants to be taken seriously and we're always a little scared of what people might say if we're saying, oh, we just started out. I'm um, also people give like a lot of unsolicited opinions and advice, um, which, you know, just if it's not someone coming from an industry that you want to be in, don't don't pay them too much mind. Um, but it was um, so back to the wedding photography thing. Like if you say that to someone, then maybe that person will be like, oh, well, I know someone who is going to be getting married soon. They don't have like a huge like what like um, photography budget because trust me, like um, I know a couple people who are um, getting married and their fo um, photography like budget for like wedding photographs. Oh my gosh, it's insane. So if you're just starting out, I mean, you know, if you say that, maybe the people will contact you and then you'll, you know, you could potentially get, you know, your first client that way. And then... Um, you know, who knows what could happen that way? Like, honestly, who knows? So that's sort of the first thing I thought about was that, you know, the fear of what others might think of us or the fear of, you know, others' opinions of us. Like, yeah, they're there, but we have to push past that. Um, a quote that I have been not, um, I didn't recently find out. I've actually have been hearing it for a while was, um, why would you take advice from someone who is not where you want to be? And the first time I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true. And basically, you know, what that's saying is that if you're a, um, like if you're a, I guess we'll use like, you know, actor since that's what I am. Like if you're an actor and you're just starting out and, you know, everyone has their opinions like, oh, well, aren't you scared it's going to be difficult? Aren't you scared it's going to be this? Like, are you sure you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, like they, they mean well, right? It's coming from a place of care and they mean well. Um, but, you know, at the same time, are, are the people who are saying that to you, are they actors? Probably not, right? So why, um, why are you taking advice from these people who, you know, aren't even probably in your industry? And um, that applies for people um, also in the industry as well. Um, a personal example of this is that I worked with a, um, I've worked with a few voice teachers um, over the years and I had this one voice teacher. Um, they were, you know, really good for what I was looking for at the time. And then when I entered college, so I, I, I worked with them in um, mostly I think through high school. Um, and then when I got to college, and I was like in the, you know, I was a totally different game. Like I wanted to do it professionally. I sort of realized that I didn't want to go like continue working with them um, because I felt like I learned everything I could have from them. 
And I found that what I wanted to do and pursuing, um, you know, pursuing a professional career in singing and in acting, um, the person that I was working with at the time, um, they did most, uh, mostly like community theater and smaller things. Um, and there was nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I learned a lot when I was with them. But when I graduated, um, not graduated into college, well, I guess, so when I was in college, I realized that I needed to work with people, um, have a network of people that, you know, did theater professionally and who could help me on that end. And so I ended up um, switching, I ended up switching voice teachers um, at that time. And I was working with someone who had been in the industry for like, you know, years, um, who had actually won some awards. And um, she was actually my professor when I was at school. Um, so that was like a really easy like um, like change. Um, but yeah, I found that when I switched to her and, you know, keeping in mind that I was, you know, really working towards this goal of becoming a professional actor in the Washington, D.C. area, which is something I still continue to work towards, I just found that I had a lot more knowledge available to me. And she was so helpful as far as, you know, what professional theaters might be looking for for certain things, how to approach certain situations, the business side of the industry, which I think is, you know, just as important as, you know, are you able to sing and dance? So important to know the business side of everything too, which is something that I feel like you learn as you go, but you shouldn't learn as you go. Um, but that's for a different discussion. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I ended up like taking advice from someone and getting help from someone who was where I wanted to be, right? My newer voice teacher, she'd worked professionally. She was part of the union. She had a pretty like impressive career. And that's who, you know, I started taking advice from. There was also one, another quote. It was like, um, why would you take advice from someone that you wouldn't take criticism from? Or it's like, why would you take criticism from someone who you wouldn't take advice from? I think it's the second one. Um, and it's sort of the same thing, you know, like if you're being, um, like if you have this, you know, piece of art or you design your like website and you show it to someone and they start, you know, giving you, um, like feedback and maybe the feedback isn't super well informed and it's maybe just like personal opinions, um, or maybe they're just like outright criticizing, you know, your, your work, um, like, everyone is definitely entitled to their own opinion, for sure. Um, but going back to why would you take criticism from someone who you wouldn't take advice from? Or, gosh, I'll have to look up the actual the actual quote for that. Um, but it's sort of the same idea, right? Like, you should not, like, I should not take um, criticism from maybe this random person on the street. Like, right? Because I wouldn't take advice from them career-wise. <laughs> Whereas with um, my voice teacher, I, you know, if she has constructive criticism to give me, I will definitely like listen to it, take it, work on it, because I would also take advice from her because like she knows what she's talking about. So I guess it kind of just goes back to knowing the people that, you know, are trying to help you, give you comments, knowing that they know the industry that you are in. Um, so yeah, guys, back to proudly taking ownership of your career, um, just sort of really getting past that idea of other people might be judging you. Like it's, it's all just noise. Like I've realized something that people are going to judge you no matter what, 
Like, we live in the age of the internet. We live in the age of people sharing their opinions and, like, being able to share them with a wide audience. Like, everyone has their opinion and, you know, definitely respect the fact that other people have opinions. Um, but at the same time, you can just sort of, you know, respectfully accept their opinion and... Well, I guess you don't have to accept it, but just respect the fact that they do have their opinion. And you don't really have to engage much beyond that. You can be like, okay, thank you very much. Um, especially if you're talking to like someone who you, like maybe it's someone you meet at a party and they start giving their, you know, unsolicited advice. You can be like, okay, well, like, thank you so much. But um, yeah, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Then you can just walk away and not discuss it with them again. <laughs> And something else that I realized helped, you know, helped me and I hope helps you proudly take ownership of your career, like in the arts industry, is, and this is going to sound so cliche, but it's just by doing it, right? Like imposter syndrome is such a big thing. Like I had imposter syndrome um, around calling myself an artist because I felt like I couldn't. Um, I had imposter syndrome around, you know, starting my own business. I even had imposter syndrome surrounding this podcast and I was like can I even like start a podcast talking about like you know artists um like different perspective artists how to look at a creative career differently um and I think that most people know what imposter syndrome is but just in case you don't imposter syndrome is basically well as I sort of have experienced it it's not feeling like you can put yourself out there as far as, you know, maybe that's offering a service or maybe offering a product because you don't feel qualified. It's like the feeling of not, of it's like feeling like you can't do or say something um, because you aren't qualified. And why it ties into taking ownership of your career is that, um, you know, we have all definitely been there. We're just kind of like, you know, I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy like cooking, but I could, I could never call myself a, um, like I could never call myself a, um, I don't know, like professional chef, I guess, or like cooking expert. Um, or I could like, you know, maybe you love to bake, but it's like, oh, I could never like sell like, you know, my baked goods. Like they're not like that good. Like, I don't think they would sell. Like, who am I? Like, I'm just like, you know, a person who likes to bake. You have like these other, you know, very visible people who do the same thing. That's imposter syndrome. And what I realized with imposter syndrome is first that I feel like everyone has it regarding something at some point in their life. Um, but the way we get over that imposter syndrome and the way we take ownership of our career and like just kick imposter syndrome like to the side it's just by doing things. And um, yeah, so something that I felt imposter syndrome around was calling myself a podcaster, calling myself a writer, calling myself an actor, calling myself a business owner, saying that I have a business, saying that I help and coach people online. Because I was like, who am I to, to do this? Like, who am I? And I'm sure you've had that thought too. Like, who am I to do this thing? That's imposter syndrome. That's resistance. And the way we break through that is just by doing. Like it really is just by doing. And I've seen it like in my own life time and time again, where, you know, oh, I'm scared to call myself an actor. I feel like I can't. But the more I audition, the more, you know, I do things related to theater, related to the arts, related to acting, 
um, that's when, you know, that imposter syndrome goes away because it's like, oh no, like I, I actually do this. Like, and I'm actually pretty good at it. Like something else that I do, um, I'm a teaching artist. So I teach, um, I teach classes um, art, that are arts related. Um, I was teaching after school theater classes back when um, we were in schools. Um, right now, after school theater classes are not a thing here in the Washington DC area. Well, maybe they are, but at least for like the county that I'm in, they're not really. Um, and I'd done that for a few years and I was a little hesitant to call myself a teaching artist, right? And sort of how, you know, how I could use the fact that I was an actor to leverage that, um, that skill I had. And I was like so hesitant. And um, I recently had an opportunity come up where um, I would be working on a, um, like an online virtual musical with a school that's in my area. And I remember talking to them and I was like, oh yeah, um, I'm a teaching artist and um, like I've taught here, you know, for a past, for like the past few years. And then I was like, wait, do I say that I'm a professional actor too? And I was really hesitant to put that. And I was like, should, should I put that? And then again, that goes back to imposter syndrome. Like, can I even like put this in an email? And I was like, no, yes, I am. I'm going to put that in here. I'm a professional actor because that is what I am. I took ownership of that aspect of my career. I took ownership and said, yes, I'm a professional actor in the DC area. Um, and I don't know if that maybe helped with my application um, or you know what ended up happening, but I ended up getting the job and I'm really excited that I'm able to continue sharing art during you know a shutdown um, with these younger kids because I think that you know art is for everyone and it's often neglected um, and I feel like we just need to spread more of it. Um, but anyways, that was another way that I could proudly take ownership of my career. You know, I still fight with that imposter syndrome, but now I'm like, no, I'm like, every time I come up against that resistance, I'm like, no, I'm not going to let it win. I'm going to say what I am, what I do and say it proudly. And the more that I do it, the more, the less imposter syndrome I feel. So something, um, imposter syndrome related that I feel right now is helping people, um, you know, who are interested in getting into, you know, um, acting, theater, the industry, um, helping them get to where they, you know, want to be. And, um, a lot of times they're like, I just don't know what to expect. Like, I don't know how to go into this. Like, I don't know how to, like, how do I even start? And, I was like, well, I would love to, you know, like talk to you about this, but I don't know, like in my mind, I was like, I don't know if I'm the best person to talk to about this. And then I was like, wait a second, I am a professional actor. I have walked the path that they are currently on. Of course I can help them. Of course I can call myself, you know, a, um, a coach in that regard. Like, of course I can help them. Of course I'm knowledgeable about this because I've done it myself. And you know, that's something that I also came up with resistance against. When I decided that I was going to offer, um, you know, coaching services for people who were looking to get into, um, you know, a creative career professionally, um, I was like, well, who's going to, you know, uh, who's going to listen to me? Like, I'm, 
you know, like, who, like, why me? There's so many people who are older and more experienced. And then it was pointed out to me, they were like, you have literally been on this, you know, path of being an actor for however many years. Um, and, you know, you've experienced what it's like. You've gone through that first, that first, you know, bit of, you know, getting over those hurdles. You figured out how to budget on a fluctuating income. You figured out how to balance this like crazy schedule. You figured out how to, um, you know, not only um, like you've, you've managed to get around that whole like starving artist like uh, trope. I hate that trope, by the way, guys. Um, if you're an artist, it doesn't mean you're starving. It really doesn't. Um, but um, yeah, that was the biggest thing that I sort of realized that people have resistance against is like, it's the money. And we can do an entire episode about artists and money. I think that might be pretty interesting, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, but someone pointed out to me, they were like, no, like you have, like most people when they want to pursue a creative career, they're stopped by, oh, but like the money, the paycheck, like it's not steady. And yes, like I will admit, being an artist means that your paycheck is going to fluctuate from month to month, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to have any money. It doesn't mean that you're just going to pay rent, buy groceries and nothing else. Like that's not what it means. That's not what I've experienced personally. And it was pointed out to me, they were like, you have sort of managed to do that and not be that starving artist. And when people are so concerned, like that's their main concern. They're like, you could tell people and you could teach people how to do that. And I was like, you're right. I have been doing that for, you know, however many years, so many years at this point, I can totally, totally do that. And that's again, breaking through that imposter syndrome. But as soon as I broke through that wall right there and that resistance, I was like the imposter syndrome surrounding like me coaching people who are looking to get into um, a creative career professionally, I was like, nope, not there anymore. Not there. Now that's not to say I don't come up against other resistance in my life because I definitely do, but it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, with imposter syndrome and like, once you get over that and once you like, you know, keep pushing it away and keep like pushing it out of your life, you can absolutely proudly take ownership of your career. So guys, um, I guess in the vein of the theme of the podcast, like, hey mom, why did no one tell me um, that you can proudly take ownership of your career and how to do that, like how to proudly take ownership of your career? I mean, there there are lots of reasons, but the two main ones that I've personally found is, you know, just do what you want to do um, regarding your career because the more you do it, the less imposter syndrome you'll feel. And, you know, ignoring the opinions of people who honestly don't matter. <laughs> like, that sounds so harsh, but, like, some people's opinions just kind of don't matter um, in your career. Like, you know, I, if I'm talking to someone that I've met through a friend of a friend of a friend or, you know, whatever, um, and they, actually, this has happened, um, you know, back before, um, like, the pandemic and everything when we were um, gathering with people outside of like our social bubbles and everything, um, people like it'd be friend of a friend of a friend. They'd like ask me or like say things, oh, you know, regarding my career. And a lot of times it was like, 
a little judgmental. Like that, that happens, but you know, we just have to ignore that noise. It's just noise. We don't need it. It's not important. So guys, all in all, I just want you to more than anything, take away from this podcast episode that if there is something creative that you want to pursue, you can absolutely pursue it. Like you can 100% proudly take ownership of your career. And I, I promise once you proud, like once you get to that point, and I feel like it's a process, it's like not overnight, but once you get to that point of, yes, I am an actor. Yes, I am a writer. Yes, I am a singer. Yes, I'm a photographer. Yes, I'm a painter. Like once you get to that point and you proudly take ownership of your career, it is one of the best and like most freeing feelings that I have experienced um, because it's just really stepping into like who you are and what you do. And there's, you know, I feel like there's nothing better than being like authentically like who you are and sharing that with the world. Wow. Um, I feel like I went um, on a couple tangents there. This episode was longer than I thought it would be, but that's totally fine. Um, so guys, thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I'm so grateful that you're here and I would actually love to continue talking with you guys. Um, so if you could do me a big, big favor, I'd be so appreciative. Comment on the podcast, rate, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And once you do that, take a screenshot of it and post it on Instagram. Um, I love talking to you guys on Instagram. It is my preferred social media um, platform. And yeah, my um, Instagram handle is at artisticallyboldlife. Um, And yeah, take a picture of it, put it on Instagram, story, um, post, and tag me in it. Tag me in it and we can chat there. Um, So yeah, that is my um, Instagram And if you are interested in the podcast's Instagram, it is at um, Hey Mom, Why Did No One Tell Me Podcast. And guys, before I head out, I did want to thank our sponsor, and it is my free Facebook group, Empowering Artists in Business. This is a free Facebook group for any sort of um, creative um, entrepreneur, um, singer, artist, actor, um, knitter, crocheter, painter, whatever you are, if you're looking to get into business for yourself or looking for ways to market your skills into making income, come join the Facebook group. It's completely free. Um, there are people already in there. We all hang out a lot. Um, and we just really support each other, ask questions and lift each other up in business. So, Everything that I've just mentioned will be linked in the show notes below. Thank you guys so, so much for listening today, and I will see you in the next episode.